Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to the fifth week, episode number five of Thyroid Nation Radio Talk Show Live and Podcast. I'm Dana Bowman, founder of ThyroidNation.com. And I'm Tiffany Mladenich of GratefulGarden.biz. It is week five. That is crazy, isn't it? <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> it's flying. Yes, it is. It's, it is. It's flying. It's flying by. Okay. Let's see. Oh, I missed a cue here. I'm going to go back and say it right now. Okay. We are also known <laughs> as Dana and Tiffany, bringing you the voices of thyroid advocates, clinicians, bloggers, and thyroid drivers everywhere. Okay. Check that off the list. I said it. All right. In a few minutes, we'll be talking live with Stacey Robbins, author of You're Not Crazy and You're Not Alone. And uh, I just got a message from her husband saying they couldn't find the Skype button. So hopefully they're listening. It takes a, a couple minutes until the show actually goes live before you can see the button. So hopefully now the Skype button should be showing up, Rock and Stacy, and you can call in. But we have a couple things we want to talk about, so no rush. I'm excited to talk to her. We have lots to talk about. Aren't you, Tiffany? We so need her after this week. <laughs> Don't we, Dana? My gosh. Oh, man. I mean, really, it's been one of those weeks. So, okay, a few things about us before we get started. If you tuned in last week, hope you did. You heard us chatting with the fabulous Jen Whitman. If you missed it, you can listen to it in the archives on thyroidnation.com. There's a little radio button. There's also a little ad now with a picture of me and Tiffany that my husband made for us on the front page. (laughs) And... It was fabulous. She was just great. She's just like a, a bright light. She was fun, and uh, I think it was a really helpful talk. I'm getting wonderful feedback. So if you missed it, you can go back and listen to it anytime. And there was also a bet made between Tiffany and Jen. <laughs> Why don't you take over, Tiffany? That was your area. That was my area, yes. Jen was talking about the, the benefits of foregoing and giving up coffee um, for multiple reasons. And, uh, of course, people who know me know that that's my thing, my one cup. You know, I've given up sugar, given up alcohol, given up God knows what. Please don't take my coffee. It's sort of a joke. Um, you know, I have my one cup in the morning, so I agreed. Um, and Jen said she loved to sing as her happy, you know, kind of things that lifted her up. And, and uh, so I said, you make me a video of you singing with, the ne- you know, veins popping out of the neck and the whole nine yards, you know, the one we all look at when we get to the stop sign and go, wow, that's awesome. <laughs> and I'll give up coffee for seven days. So, and this is not an advertisement for Dandy Blend, but I got my herbal Dandy Blend because uh, Jen said that was her favorite, her favorite, um, you know, go-to coffee alternative. So I got mine off Amazon. I have it ready to go. Wanted to wait till I got over my cold so I could give it a really, truly fair shot and plan to start that tomorrow morning, my seven-day no-coffee dandy blend wow. week. And Jen made a great video, so it was very cool. 
She did. She made such a great video. I don't know if anybody's seen it. I'm going to make a quick uh, blog post about it later, and I'll share it on Thyroid Nation so you can all see it. It was great. It is her singing. It is fabulous. And, totally. You know, it just a quick goes to show you that it's those people who say they can't sing, wow, that was my door. <laughs> if anybody heard that. It's me and the doors. I live in a haunted mansion. Um, but it's always those people who say they can't sing. She can sing. Did you hear that, Tiffany? She sang really well. I did, and I was just belting it out in my living room with her because it was one of my favorite songs. And, and uh, so it's yeah. on her. And I, like, I don't know how we can link to her video. Can Can you link to her video on Thyroid Nation, Dana? I can. How would we do that? Because it's very cute, uh, and and it's just oh, it's, it's just totally super genism. And she's like <laughs> dancing, and, and then she was like, "I want to be safe, so I'm not driving." And so she's just sitting right. in her garage. I was totally dying. I thought that was hilarious. So. Well, you know, one of my right. favorite things, too, is we all know, even the songs we love, we don't know all the words, and so she was doing the love, you know. She was totally making it up. It was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> I know. My whole family watched it. It was, it was great. So It was great. Okay, back to business. Um, starting this week, <laughs> I said this last week, but I had one of those weeks, so I'm saying it again this week. You'll be able to see the list of winners on the Great Gift Giveaway page under Thyroid Nation Radio. You might want to check and see if you're one of the lucky winners. We're still missing like 14 people, so we've got 14 gifts that we cannot send out. So if you uh, check your spam box, you might have a note in there from us, so you might as well do that and see what you see what you got. Also, you can see the lineup of wonderful and innovative guests we have scheduled on Thyroid Nation Radio page. And you can always listen to past shows because there's a link to the archives. But I, we just got uh, Dr. Holtorf signed on for June 28. We, have, we just have some really great people. Yeah, I mean, we just have some. I mean, of course, you know, we have all the big names, but we also have some real people. Not that those people aren't real, but we have some thyroid thriver <laughs> stories and, and just all kinds of stuff. I know the other people aren't real. They're just make believe. But um, so it's gonna be it's gonna be really cool. So thank you so much for tuning in every week and joining us on this crazy crazy ride. Very much so, and as always, a very very big thank you to our amazing Thyroid Nation Radio team of advisors, just Raina Kranz, Laura Schuneman, Melissa Phipps, Blythe Clifford, Penny Jensen, Sarah Downing, and Marissa Ravello. You can read all about these amazing women on the Thyroid Nation radio page, their bios, their their groups, their websites, their support groups, their Facebook pages, and all the place that we get so much support. So that's on thyroidnation.com radio. Yep. And, and I see okay. her there, Dana. Let's get so this Thyroid Nation thriving. Well, let's just do it. I'm ready. Um let's today do it. our guest is Stacey Robbins, author of You're Not Crazy and You're Not Alone, Losing the Victim, Finding Your Sense of Humor, and Learning to Love Yourself Through Hashimoto's. And also, uh, she has a, a, an app called Bloom Beautiful, Daily Inspiration, Encouragement, and Healing. That's what Stacey's all about. So that's one reason why we can't wait to talk to her for sure. So um, I have read her book. It is fabulous. And if you haven't read it, it's one of those must-read books like uh, – Isabella Wentz. She's also a wellness coach and inspirational speaker, and she inspires women with love, humor, truth, realness. That is my word. 
Hi, Stacy. Thank you so much for joining us. Can you hear us all right? I can hear you just fine. Can you hear me? Sure can. Hello? Oh, yay. I'm so glad because we're having major Skype snafus over here in Southern California, and so I'm calling you from my cell phone. So I hope it's clear enough. Very good. Can, Can you hear me okay? I can hear you just fine. Awesome. How about you, Dana? I think we've had a we've had a blip from Dana in Costa Rica. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I think it's you and no, me. It's so, it, it, it is. I, it's just I always think of her just just panicking right now. Like, oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it's like her not to play, worry. Oh. Like freaking out. Hello. There she is. <laughs> and you Hi. didn't even show that you were gone. We just couldn't hear you. Oh, Dana's well, got a brand new headset. Good for you. <laughs> Hi, you Dana. Hi, you wouldn't know with all my technical issues. That was my brother calling live from his phone in Texas. Evidently, he doesn't know I'm on, on the radio speaking because he was calling he on FaceTime. He wants to be in the show. Are you still Somebody there? Please you... talk to my brother. Please talk to my brother and tell him I'm on the radio, please. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, hi, Stacey. Dana, he wants to be on the How? show. Evidently. <laughs> so cute. Okay, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you for the great introduction, Dana and Tiffany. Thank you so much for all you're doing to encourage uh, those of us who are in the thyroid crazy world. You know, it's it's so nice to have company out on the limb. You don't want to be out oh, on the limb alone. I love that. So thank you. <laughs> Well, I am just going to tell you, I'm just going to jump right in and tell you that um, we couldn't wait to talk to you. We were talking about it earlier on the phone, Tiffany and I, because we've had a week, both of us, <laughs> different, totally different, totally different kinds of weeks. I was in some kind of dark, gloomy, and still am a little bit, so I'm trying really hard, because that's what you do sometimes. You just have to pull yourself out of it, so that's what I'm doing. I just had mm-hmm. one of those weeks, and Tiffany, same thing, you can jump in. Tiffany? I'm here. I'm here. She yeah, wants to well, hear back to Tiffany. Yeah, it's a, she, it's she a she continual journey. <clears throat> that didn't, yeah. didn't set well with her, and so she's, you know, got some researching to do, and uh, it was just one of those weeks, and so we just couldn't wait to talk to you because we knew you'd make it feel better. <laughs> oh, we did. We were, like, so we were much. like waiting. <laughs> We it was a day countdown. <laughs> it was. We need a little little girl talk and wine, and we're just, we'll be good. Girl talk and wine, and That's we'll right. be set. Girl right? talk and, and wine. And a little chocolate. <laughs> I have to tell you, I every time I see the cover of your book, Stacy, I just love it. It makes me feel better just looking at the cover. I know that sounds so stupid, but it's such a great cover, and it says so much just on the one page in the picture. I just love it. How did you come oh, up with that? You. What 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 did you want? I have to ask you. How did you? Uh, I'm sorry, Dana. I'm off topic, but how did you come up no. with that great cover and just the 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 look on your just everything? Oh, thank you. I'm glad because it made me feel that way too. When my dear friend and designer um, and marketing guru David Trotter, um, he helped me. He designed that cover. Um, I found all these great model shots and I just was like this one really speaks to me and I I sent that over to him and 
how I came up with the title, which is very comforting to women as well, you're not crazy and you're not alone, is I had all these kind of like mushy titles, like the heart of Hashimoto's and healing the heart of Hashimoto's. And I was like, God, <laughs> how am I going to, how am I going to put swear words in a book that has that kind of like soft and round title, you know? And I thought, I said to my husband, I was walking in uh, the kitchen one day and he was found there doing the dishes, which is just about the sexiest thing in the world. And the best foreplay ever is when your husband is doing the dishes. And I said to him, I said, I hate the title I've come up with, but I love my book. And he's like, okay. And um, he said, what do you want women to feel when they read your book? I said, I want them to know you're not crazy and you're not alone. And he goes, he puts his hand out like, ta-da. And I'm like, oh, Duh. that's the title of my book. <laughs> Duh, so right? That's how that all came about. It's amazing what men come up with here and then. My husband actually named one of my blends. And, you know, he goes, well, why don't you? I came out of my office and I said, man, this is lovely. And he says, well, why don't you call it that? I love it when they come oh. up with it because you're like, you look at him like, that was totally profound. Where did that come from? You know? <laughs> someone I asked love it me, though, you know? Yes, I love that. I, you know, someone asked me this week, um, this, this woman who's just a brilliant, brilliant businesswoman, and she's a huge supporter of what I'm doing in, in the world. And she said to me, can I ask you a question? She goes, and please don't be offended by this. And, I, you know, that's always such an interesting way to start a conversation. Oh, please, don't oh, be, totally. please don't be offended. I was like, okay, this is my opportunity. <laughs> said, do you feel, how do, do you feel like you're more enlightened than your husband? <laughs> Like, well, first of all, I'm not the one offended by that. Um, you know, right. he's not listening, but he might be. But I just said, you know what? We both bring a really different kind of enlightenment. He brings such so, an totally. innocence and a wisdom to the, to the world with less words. His wisdom is like pure gold, but it's done in less words with more space in between. And my wisdom is like my enlightenment is really virtuous. You know, there's innocence where you've never been right. through something before and you're innocent about it and you have this beautiful wide-eyed uh, look about the world and this purity of heart. And I have this thing that I call purity, but it's virtuous. I've been through so much and, and yet there's a purity that's been restored to me. And um, so I just think we bring different enlightenments and they're both really valuable. And mine, like I said, includes more swear words than his does. And, and he's a much happier, more peaceful guy than I am. But, you know, we both bring something really valuable to the, to the it's game. It's an awesome dynamic. Dana, Dana and I were just talking about that. You want to give a shout out to your hubby, Dana? You were just telling me that today. About I was. It. I was. He's such a good balance. Um, Travis, he is. He's also the the art director behind all the thyroid nation and everything, so he's wonderful. Couldn't do it without him. But he's such a good balance. I mean, you know, I guess you have to have that. You know, it sounds like, you know, you and Rock do, Stacey, and I know you and Joe do, Tiffany, but I really feel it with my with my husband. I'm one of the lucky ones who has a really supportive, understanding, totally gets it. You don't have to explain it to him. He like he can hang with the girls. In fact, he's great with the girls. So like if it was me, you, him, my friend Anna here, you know, we we're all sitting on the Bowman patio. Uh, he he'd be great. He'd be wonderful. So I'm I thank my lucky stars every day. So so yeah, they 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 balance us. There hopefully they do right. Mm. Me too. Me too. Yeah, that's really good. Really, really good. 
We need them. Maybe he makes me crazy, don't get me wrong. But I know oh, that he keeps but he he really <laughs> helps me to look at myself because I I know that I'm a different person because he's in my life. I'm a more evolved person because of who he is and the challenges we've gone through. So at a certain point, you know, after 28 years together, we're you just have a different gratitude for what that other person brings. So, yeah, I hear that in you guys. That's so true. And sometimes it's what we – go ahead. Two things. I was going to – Stacey always says what I'm thinking in such an eloquent way, and, like, she sums it up and and says it, and I'm like, yeah, what she said. Like, yeah, what she said. I mean, exactly, which is one of the things I love about her. And, two, the other thing is, just a little sidebar, you know, living in Costa Rica and, and my phone always dropping and my door slamming and there's a little gecko. Oh, it's not that little. It's like five inches long and he's just running around for his life. I got a cat chasing him. So I got a show within a show. I just, just, just wanted to, to share. My husband comes in here and he's like, what? Where's the get? Well, it's hiding. So, okay. Back to, back to Stacey. I'm, I'm still here. Just a little sidebar, one of those Hashimoto's moments. Mhm. Cute. Well, Stacy, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you, kind of tying in our husbands and how we all said they make us crazy, and you know, one of the, uh, my husband, and I've been married 23 years, and one of the, the fundamental, you know, like we said, they make us crazy, and I have had to learn to appreciate, you know, the fact that he, he's so amazing at not letting me withdraw into myself, you know. Um, and what he does is he he irritates me. Like, I've learned that this is a system for him. You know, like, I do really well as long as I don't retreat into myself or the illness or the diagnosis or, you know, whatever, you know, newfound thing that comes up. And what he does is he, he'll upset me. And what that does is it brings this strength into me to the forefront. And I'm like, well, who do you think you're talking to? You know, and now it's kind of a joke between the two of us because I've learned that this is his way of going, of pulling me out of withdrawing into myself. So we were talking, you know, I know you talk a lot about empire, empowering mindsets, and that's, you know, keep, he keeps that mindset for me of I'm strong, I'm powerful, who's going to tell me what's going to happen with my body or what's going to happen? No, no. And, and he's really, he's the fundamental uh, he's fundamental for that for me, and I've learned I've had to learn to wrap my head around that, and really be grateful and appreciative for that. Mm. Yeah, that's good. He's got the stick, and he kind of pokes you, you know, out of he totally the, does. the bare part of you out of hibernation. He just, does, so that you can and it keeps know me. your strength. Right, right, and I've learned to really appreciate that because if I had somebody, you know, my husband is lovey-dovey in a, in a very consistent, reliable. You know, he's not a, oh, you're beautiful, and, you know, he plants 30 rose bushes for me instead of bringing me flowers and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Mm. But he does. He mm-hmm. totally pokes the bear, and he's learned that that's a good way to keep me focused and above water. Nice. Nice. I th- and so do you think he does that consciously? Without a doubt. there There is no doubt in my mind now, because now we kind of, you know, um, you know, it's it's a now I almost look to it in a, in a certain respect of 
you know, he's gotten, you know, we've evolved together. And, of course, you know, changing that mindset towards one another and being appreciative of, of what the other person has brought forward. Because if I had someone that was just so lovey-dovey and just all the time, I would just sit there with my box of tissue and I would wallow myself into emptiness. Mm. And so by doing it, he kind of, you know, he's sort of, like you said, poking the bear, you know, poking the bear in the butt. And, you know, so now we kind of give each other the, you know, the canary eat and smirk, you know, where I know, you know, I know and he knows, but neither one of us wants to really say it. Does that make sense? Because it's functional. Yeah. It's It's like... You're like so it's it's but it's it's part of conditioning that mindset, don't you think? How we really view things, and I know that that is so important in so much of of what you do is is getting people to embrace a certain mindset. Yes, I really I care about that so much because really you can shift your whole dynamic of a relationship. I think of it in like a wind chime approach, where it just takes the wind hitting one part of the wind chime to affect all the tonalities of the other. It doesn't always take two people <laughs> to make a shift. It really can have you you yourself shifting can shift an entire relationship you have with yourself, with your spouse, with your children, with your parents, with your colleagues, with life in general, with your healing process. So for me, um, you know, taking, I'll let you into my kitchen or my bedroom as it will, because it's about my marriage. Um, you know, Rock is one of the most compassionate, loving people, unless it has something to do with my health. When it has something to do with my health, it hits his hot button of when his mom was sick with cancer when he was 14 and then when she passed when he was almost 16. So mm. my health issues trigger his unhealed places. And when his unhealed places get triggered, they trigger my unhealed places. And so I have felt within the dynamic of our relationship for many years um, in the beginning, because I've been dealing with Hashimoto's for almost 20 years, and we've been married almost 26 years and together uh, 28. He, you know, this trigger you know, I would, it would def, it would go into my story line I had about myself, which was I'm not worthy of love. I'm not worthy of being taken care of. I'm disposable. I'm undeserving of love. Um, I, I, I have to, I have to take care of myself or nobody else will. Whatever all of those stories are that were inside of me, those unhealed places, his unhealed places would trigger those. And it really took time, introspection, having Hashimoto's deepen and the symptoms worsen where I was so incapacitated that I externally and physically that I actually had to go inward and look at a lot of those incapacitating stories that I had and, and see that I, um, I was actually learning to benefit from him not helping me. I actually started rising up out of my victimhood into my own strength. I started speaking words to myself that I was really longing for him to say. I started mm. saying to myself, I'm okay. I'm, I can do this. I'm going to make it through this. I would tell, talk to myself in either first person or I would, you're going to do it, Stacey. You're okay. You've got this. You are so strong. Do you know how amazing you are? And I remember one day when I was in such a healed place about what my husband wasn't bringing to the table and he heard me talking to myself, I was going through an issue where I was gasping at night and I was gasping at night in my sleep. And when I was doing that, he would turn up the volume on his headset phone so he didn't have to hear me. So 
So that's how he disassociated he was those years ago, where he would literally not help and turn up the volume instead of coming in and going, can I help you? Do you need to go to the hospital? And um, through that very lonely process of me having to face my situation, myself, I rose up out of that victim mindset. I started speaking words of affirmation, protection, love, strength to myself. And when he heard me say them one day, he heard me kind of talking to myself um, from, an, from the other room, and he, he said, what are you saying? And I looked at him with such love hmm. because at that point I had forgiven him because um, I wasn't a victim anymore. Because you, when you're a victim, you can't really forgive somebody. You have to know your own power to forgive somebody else of their shit. Mm. And I, <clears throat> I, I had healed enough to lovingly say to him, I'm just saying the words that I wish someone else would say to me right now. I am being my own best friend right now. That's, that's what you're hearing mm. me say. <laughs> I can do it, and, and I've got this. And I, I shared that with him. And it was a really beautiful moment between us. And the funny thing is, and this is the last thing I'll say on that, even though I could talk literally for hours about it because it's so crucial to the healing uh, process for us with Hashimoto's. But <clears throat> I will say that, um, oh, and I forgot what I was going to say. I went down so many roads and now I forgot what I was going to say. <clears throat> Welcome to my world. Um, <laughs> the last thing I'll say, I don't know what I was going to say. Um, the last thing I was going to say about that was the moment that I started providing for myself what I was designed to give myself is the moment he came to the table and started giving it to me too. Other people will invest in us when we are self-invested. But if we are oh, expecting so someone else to be our God, to be our protector, to be our parent, to be our healer, when we expect someone else to be in that God-like role for us and and we are not taking our own divine power for ourselves. Many people will just walk away or refuse to play that game with us. If they're healthy enough, they'll refuse to play. Unhealthy people right. will try to fill, fill that cup in your life, but healthy people will not play because they know it's too big a role to fill, and they're just setting themselves up for failure. So that's really the, the nutshell of the whole thing is when I took care of myself and loved myself, I was able to leave enough space for him to bring his own version of love and protection and affirmation to me. See, there's that is again, profound. Tiffany. What's that? <laughs> right? What'd you, right? What'd you say? There she goes again. I said, there that she was goes profound. Again. I agree and with every, you. Yes. I agree with you, Dana, where you said, like a little kid. right. <laughs> you just want to say, yeah, that, that, yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we exactly. just have a thumbs up button. <laughs> and it's so critical to healing, isn't it, Stacy? That's so critical yeah. to healing. You know, not just it's a critical to healing everything. You know, you have to start from yourself, and you know, I can't. The number of times that you, you know, have to tell people you've got to listen to yourself. You can't. You know, that whole no one else can heal you until you begin to heal yourself. It is just. It's all part of that, and uh, man, that is, it's so profound. Don't you wish, and especially it's so hard when you see someone that's having trouble wrapping their head around that. What do you say to somebody who's having trouble really wrapping their head around their own frame of mind and own mindset is literally preventing them from all the healing that's there and waiting Mm -hmm. for them? What do you say to someone like that, Stacey? 
I think I would probably ask as a first question, what benefit are you getting from holding on to the mindset that you have? What is the win for you? <clears throat> you know, and to have them try to verbalize what benefit they get from staying in that victim mindset. Because there is some win for people, um, and they don't, and I'm not saying it's an actual win. It's a false win. It's an illusion of a win. But it supports the story they have about themselves. So when I ask somebody, what is the benefit you get from staying committed to this way, the relationship the way it is, from blaming that other person? You know, we'll go into the deeper conversation, and usually what ends up unfolding is them being able to see that they were afraid to live. They were afraid to risk. They were afraid to love because they thought it would be hurt. Really, the dynamic that they're in, the mindset that they have, has been supporting the fear that they have. So they basically lock themselves in a prison of mindset, uh, their mindset, because they're afraid to come out and play with life because they just don't know that life is trustworthy. And the point that I try to get people to, and I do in my coaching sessions, is to let them know that they can trust themselves, and that's what makes you safe in life. Not that you're with every perfect doctor or perfect partner or perfect friend or perfect family member, but that it's you are trustworthy to handle what comes your way and that you are resilient and that you are powerful and you're designed for something beautiful. And the more you can engender that kind of strength and confidence in another person, that they have that in themselves, and they know that themselves, they will come out of those mindsets that they have that have limiting beliefs, and, and they will come into truly a life full of risk and adventure and fun and love and a playfulness again. So that's the work that ends up happening. It's wow. kind of like training. I love that. You know, I, I, I always tell people that sometimes doctors need to be trained or sometimes friends need to be trained or your husband like you said i mean essentially by loving yourself you did train your husband you know i mean it's it you know i mean obviously there's parameters of you know investment and and things like that uh where that have to be weighed out but um dana this is a great time to talk about alexis you want to bring that up and 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 maybe stacy give do. some pointers to I alexis do. yeah I do, but I do really quick before we do that. Um, I'm going to get right back to Alexis. I want for the people who don't know Stacy, I know that could only be two or three people in the whole world, but for those two or three, um, I would like for you just to tell. I mean, I know your story's long. I read your book, but could you give us just a little bit of your history of your of your Hashimoto's and and your health and all that, where where it all came from, and tell us your story. Sure. <clears throat> sure. So um, I was this workaholic, really type A personality kind of person. I was singing and speaking, and I had several businesses that I had started. And I ended up, um, you know, going through this convergence of many different events, including losing my dad, being hit in two car accidents, being separated from my husband during um, those first, you know, it was about year five of my marriage. So I had all of these experiences that were just, hitting at one time at one point and a lot of loss, a lot of grief, a lot of pain and a lot of suffering. And um, I hit it with a busy lifestyle. And I also hit it with a very disempowering mindset. And my mindset was that I had to prove my worth and my identity was wrapped up in how sexy I was and how good I was at my business and how much money I made and, and how many people I helped or 
whatever it was that my identity was wrapped up at that time. And all of those things ended up resulting in my body starting to break down where I was physically not able to handle my workload. I was emotionally not able to handle the stressors of life. Physiologically, I was in pain a lot, having chronic sinus infections, chronic pain. And, and all of these things were very explainable by my circumstances in my life, the stress from losing my dad um, and the, the separation from my husband at that point, um, the, the grief that I had from all the loss I was going through, the physical pain was could have been from the car accidents. All of these things were very explainable by my life circumstances. And so the doctors ended up really missing a lot of symptoms. By the time they had missed all these symptoms and equating it with Hashimoto's, I had gained almost 100 pounds. So I looked nothing like myself. My brain was super toxic. My face was full of scabs and wounds. Here I was somebody who was photographed and was singing in public all the time, speaking in public. I was you know, no, one of the things I was known for was my beauty. And here I looked ugly. My skin bled when you touched it. I just, I looked horrible. I, and um, I stuttered because my brain was so toxic. Finally, at some point, we ended up, uh, after I think about maybe 15 doctors, many of them being specialists, um, who missed this, told me I had brain cancer, told me I was dying, told me I would, if I ever had, um, if I did live, I would never have children. At some point, I think I, through a ruptured cyst on my ovary, I got sent to a little walk-in clinic. <laughs> and uh, this woman took my blood test after I had seen all these specialists for a year. And she called me a couple of days later and said, good news and bad news. The bad news is you have uh, a low thyroid. The good news is I'm going to put you on Synthroid and you're going to be better in three months. And um, three months later, I had gained 30 more pounds. And I, so I was now 270 pounds. And I was, you know, I looked like I'd eaten myself. I looked like an alien. And I was so discouraged. And it took me on a journey of, well, this isn't working. So how do I find things that work? And it got me into natural health options and different foods. And it got me into changing my lifestyle because I couldn't work the same. And then it got me into the inner journey and reflection on what my identity was and, and um, forgiving people, forgiving the doctors. So all this process that I've gone through over the last almost 20 years has been my Hashimoto's journey. And um, and I'm still learning, you know, I still am researching and learning and healing as I'm morphing into perimenopause and things are shifting again with the Hashimoto's. But, you know, so that's been sort of my journey through it all in a nutshell. So wow. you were you were diagnosed quite a, quite a long time ago. I was. I wasn't diagnosed with Hashimoto's right away. I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's about two and a half years or so later or two and a half to four years later or something like that from when I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism. Wow, it's amazing how trauma, um, you know, really offsets that. It's, you read more and more about the, the T3 levels in, in traumatic uh, experiences and illness, and, you know, you can have completely normal TSH and T4 and a, and a plummeted T3 and uh, just from a traumatic uh, or, you know, chronic kidney disease or anything like that. It's very interesting uh, you wonder how often that gets missed all the time. I hear that a lot about people being triggered by trauma, whether it was a sexual assault, whether it was a car accident, whether it was a sports injury, um, a damaging life event, a relationship, you know, something something like that is a can be a key trigger. I hear that so often with Hashimoto's. 
Yeah, and with chronic, like I with chronic do. kidney I disease, the people it's who've had sexual assault type instances possibly be one of their triggers for Hashimoto's. So uh, there's so many things that can trigger. You know, I'm not even sure what mine completely was, but I have a feeling that my bungee jump when I turned 40 was was one of my triggers. I um I went with a group of people to bungee jump, and I thought, how great, I'm turning 40, i got to do something big, this is going to be great on video, and share it on Facebook, and actually, I don't even think I was on Facebook, then. yeah, maybe, okay, so we go, and they put all the other people on one side on these ropes, and then I, they, they say I'm smaller, so I have to go on this other side and do these other ropes, for whatever reason, I guess my ropes were, I don't know, not as stretchy, I don't know, but it hurt, <laughs> When I yell and scream in the video, part of it is because of the pain. It snapped mm. me, like, bam, like my neck mm. and my back. It snapped me. And mm. first thing I said when I got off was, oh, my God, you guys didn't tell me this hurt. And they're like, hurt? None of them. Nobody. I was with a, a whole group of people. It didn't hurt any of them. And so mm. that was like the beginning. I'm pretty sure that was the beginning of my, that was my trauma. That was my moment of of leading into Hashimoto's, unfortunately, because I think it was really cool and I thought it was really fun, but don't think I'm ever doing it again. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No way, girlfriend. I watch people bungee no jump and way. I like, I, I lose it. Mm-mm. No. There is okay, no way so. in heck that I could do that. <laughs> Not a chance. <laughs> I thought it was uh, going to be so great. And then now now look at me, you know, five years later and Hashimoto's and the whole thing. So, okay, what we wanted to, to mention to you, um, Stacey, is, you know, speaking about back to all the things we were talking about earlier and, and healing and, and, and your certain mindset and all that. Um, there, there's a girl, and, and I asked her if it was okay to say her name. Her name is Alexis. And um, she had made a post in the Facebook group, Living with Hashimoto's Disease. I know you probably know it. I'm going to read you her post because it was okay. so profound. And it has so many comments on it, which, you know, it's like so supportive and it just it makes you feel so good that she's being, you know, so supportive now. But I have to read you her post. It's from Alexis and it says, A friend of mine came over to my house, looked over in my kitchen and said, Wow. Looks like it's time to do some dishes. I said, I know, it's just a few pots on the plate. At least you know I feed my son. She said, yeah, I feed my kids too, but wash the dishes. I told her I haven't had the energy to do the dishes. I feel like I could fall asleep standing up, and I have so much brain fog, I can't even focus on doing them. She responds with, well, I have three kids, so you're one, and I'm tired too. I said, I know, do me a favor and look up Hashimoto's and fibromyalgia in your spare time, and maybe then you'll realize my daily struggle. I don't choose to be this way. Believe me, the dishes are driving me nuts too, but I legitimately cannot do them right now. And she just looked away. I feel like such a failure, but I know this is real. I'm trying to stay positive. Mm. Right? Mm. I mean, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, oh, God. we all had those have moments. had those uh, Right? I mean... Yeah. Okay, what would you what would you say to to Alexis? I mean, so many people responded with some amazing things, but what would you say to her, Stacey? Well, I would say, welcome to the club. <laughs> Get a new friend. <laughs> yeah, 
welcome out on the limb. <laughs> yeah. Welcome out. I love that, out on the limb. <laughs> yes. So I would probably say to her, I've been there and I really understand how that moment feels so um, self-rejecting. You feel rejected by somebody else. You feel judged. You feel like you have to explain something and defend something that you don't even, you wish you never even had to somebody who you don't even know if you explain is going to have compassion for you. And I just, I have been in that situation so often with um, family members, especially in the beginning of the diagnosis and even in the middle of the diagnosis. Um, And I can just tell you how I would handle that and, you know, hopefully spark some kind of um, healing for her in that time and equipping her with some key sentences and responses that will serve her to be able to kind of wipe her hands clean of it once she says it, you know, because I know later on that's the worst part for many of us women is that we replay those conversations, either what was said to us or what we wish we had said or, or just, you know, we just kind of like, we let it gnaw at us in our mind for hours, days, weeks, years, even. The thing that I learned for me is that basically there are some people who just don't understand. You know, they think that tired for them is the same kind of tired that you're having with Hashimoto's. And if somebody is able to be educated, then you can share some of the education. Like, yeah, I know being a mom is so tiring. This is like tired to like a 100 you know, times that amount. And you can you can work to explain that if you sense that somebody really has ears to hear. And you can even ask that question. You know, are you, I'll ask somebody, are you so set on how you think, how you think you know what's going on in my life that, that anything I say doesn't matter? Or would you be willing to be in a conversation with me? Because I'd love to share with you a little bit about what my world is like. And sometimes that question can be so, just confrontational enough that it sets them out of the judgment mode into the conversation. Because really when someone is judging you, they're not relating to you. They're relating to their idea of what they think you should be doing, their expectation Mm. of what they think you should be. So they're not even relating to you in the moment. They're in their head. So they're not relating with you as a person. They're relating to themselves in their head. And sometimes when you ask a confrontational like question like that, like would you be willing to hear a little bit about what Hashimoto's is like? Or do you feel like you're, you're already set? You know, do you feel like you're good with the amount of information you have about this condition I have? Um, That can bring them out of their head into the present moment. So when you feel like somebody is engaged in the process of wanting to be educated, you can bring them along and and share with them certain things. And you can do it either in that moment, have a couple of key sentences, or you can say, I'd love to send you a couple of links. You could look at them later and we could talk about them at another point. But um, yeah, I know. I wish I could get to the dishes too. Thanks for understanding. Thanks for understanding that you have no, you don't really understand what's going on in my world. Thanks for understanding that you don't understand. You could say stuff like that. I'm not saying it perfectly right now, but you can just represent yourself. And I think that's the key thing. I know that's the key thing is really representing yourself. I have been with family members who go, oh my God, my assistant has that. And they just take a pill and they're fine. And I, I remember I used to get so hurt and offended. I would be like, oh, my God, but you don't understand. And the victim part understand. of me that believes that people don't understand, because that was a story I had, you don't understand me, you don't get me, I'm so different, I'm so unique. And now I was so different and unique because I had Hashimoto's. 
So this, you don't understand me, kept rising up in those moments. And I was just supporting all this victim bullshit mindset that I had. And I, I finally stopped with the you don't understand. And I extended some understanding to myself. I realized I wasn't understanding me. I wasn't compassionate to me. And when I came to a place of compassion for myself, I didn't need to defend myself anymore to anyone else. And when when that same relative said, well, my assistant has that, and all she does is take a pill, and she's fine. When I had compassion for me, I was able to say, wow, that is so awesome. Some people really do have that as their Hashimoto's experience, and they are so lucky. I wish that were the way for everybody, but it's really not. Some people have different levels of um, impact on their life from this disease. So she has a lighter impact, and I'm glad for her. And it really disarms them. And, it, and, and you're not having to defend yourself all the time. You're just representing yourself. Well, good for her. I wish that were my story. It's not my story. I hope for it to be that way someday. Hmm. Do you understand the difference me, in the tension that you're for, part of that dynamic to, to get that? Very, very much so. I mean, it, it, is, it is very much so where you have to take the, the healing of yourself into your own hands. And, and life does so change. I, I very much can uh, resonate with that. And, and also humor. You know, because in my head, the whole time I'm listening to you talk and, and agreeing with you, I'm thinking that we could just say, let's talk about this while you're doing the dishes. <laughs> while you're doing my dishes. Let's talk about this. I love this. that. I like here, your here, let me, you, you wash and I'll dry. Let's talk about Hashimoto's. And, you know, for me, humor is, for me, humor is critical. I mean, I have learned that, you know, I have to take something so negative and I have to find something funny about it or, or I'm just plain out screwed. You know, uh, humor is, I know so much too of of what you inspire women with humor, but that that just was running my through my head listening to. I so agree, and I would just say, let's do this. Let's talk about this while you're doing the dishes. I love it. I think humor is so disarming. That's perfect. Your response, ding ding ding, that's a winner. I yeah, love I love it. I'm I'm giggling. That's fantastic. But you're right about um, disarming. You know, I I totally agree, and that resonated with me. We need another word for resonate. Anyway, that resonated with me because it put it back on, on them instead of you feeling it, you know, and instead of, you know, her feeling it and feeling terrible, you know, you put it back in their corner and it and it changes the whole dynamic of the conversation. Like like what you said. I just I love that. I hope that hope that she's listening and I hope that that helps because it helped me because it, these kinds of things happen all the time. All the time. Well, and Stacy, Stacy too. I know you talk a lot about relationships, and um, you know, would there be a time? There, there's also those times, you know, in, in controlling negative and positive influx. You know, where there's a time, there's certain people that I love to death, but they just, they have so much negativity that I can only take or tolerate them for so long. That's that's imperative to my own healing. Is that, you know, I. Uh, you don't have to almost control that to a certain extent. How do you feel about that and, and relationships? Tell us a little bit about Hashimoto's and relationships. Mm, gosh. Well, you know, that's a that's a really great um, 
thing that you when you find that you're in control of your life and your health, you'll stop feeling like a victim to the energy other people are sending out. And when you know your own power to stay in the relationship, to express yourself in a relationship, or to walk away from a relationship, then you really know you're walking in, in a healthy um self-responsibility because when you're in a situation where someone's being chronically negative or it's just hitting you in a negative way and bringing you down you have the power to say can we change the subject into something that's a little bit lighter or gosh I know we could sit here and solve all the world's problems today but um, tell me something great that's going on in your life you taking control of the room you taking control of your happiness your health your peace your joy um, and either working to shift the dynamic or walking away when you, when you know this is not a dynamic that is shiftable at this time. That is your responsibility, whether it's at a family party, whether it's at an evening out with the girlfriends, whether it's in a conversation with your spouse, even with your children, to say to, say to my boys, because sometimes I think we like staying in a situation because we, we have that controlling part of us that thinks we should just muscle through it or be there no matter what and whatever. I think sometimes like when my kids are being fussy, if I just say, you know what, you guys, I totally trust that you can work this out. I totally trust that you're going to do this in a respectful way and everything's going to be okay. This is not peaceful for me and I'm in charge of my peace. So I'm going to go take a a walk and just regather my peace and I'll come back in when, when you guys have worked through it. If there's anything I can help you back with when I come back, let me know. But I just need to go out and take a little walk. And I'm talking about, I say that to a 10 and 12 year old, you know? So, um, I've had to do that with uh, in a conversation with a relative where I, that, that person really just majors on negativity, you know, wants to talk about the government that's not working and the religions that are right. not working and, and the doctors right. that are not working and this and that. And I just like five minutes into the conversation, I feel like I got just dragged around, on, you know, over a rake, you know, and I'm like, oh, God, that's awful. And I, and I go, I'm not a victim to this. I can speak my piece. So I just say, you know what, I, don't, I really can't go there today on the things that are not working. Can we talk about some things that are working? What's going on? Let me tell you a good thing that happened with the kids today, or let me tell you something that, that I was so excited about. Do you understand? Mm. And that's yes. my power. That's my responsibility. Responsibility to, to yourself. And, exactly. and to yourself. As a, as a mom of four, I know Dana and I talk about this all the time. As a mom of four, I I. I do that with my girls. My girls were having a bicker the other day, and it doesn't happen very often, my 11 and, and my 9-year-old. And I said, really? So this is this is how you're going to choose to handle this problem? And, you know, they both looked at me. It's just exactly what you did with your sons. And, you know, I think that's so empowering to our children when we teach them that you control your environment. You control the good, the bad, the how you view it, you know, even the negative things. You can find the silver lining in just about everything. It's so, it's just such a deep breathing life, isn't it, Stacey? You're just, there's a deep breath that you can continually take of, of peace, and, regardless of your surroundings. And I just, I just love, I just love this woman, Dana. <laughs> I know, I told you. I'm just sitting here shaking my you head, did. like, yes, yes, We can't see yes, that. Totally Dana. agree. I know, oh, I know you, you can't, but it's there. It's there. Okay, well, I want to let's do let's do a fun story. Let's let's talk about the orange cones. I think Stacy's probably said the story at least 200 times. At least, I'm sure she has in her life. But there have 
There have got to be people who have not heard the Orange Cone story. And so, plus, it's such a good story, and everybody loves it. In fact, I had a couple people, um, part of the team, ask me, oh, make sure she tells the Orange Cone story. I mean, it's your famous thing, so you got to tell it. It is really the most talked-about chapter in my book. And uh, I... It really warms my heart because I really think it's crucial to shifting your mindset um, and your healing. So I'm really glad that people responded well to it. Orange cones came about this way. So I was with a doctor who was misdiagnosing me, misdiagnosing me, misdiagnosing me for all the reasons I talked about earlier that everything probably seemed to point to some other circumstance in my life. Like I said, the pain from the car accident, the grief from the loss of my dad, the stress from my marriage and my workaholism, yada, yada, yada. And then the sinus infections on and on and on. We didn't really know why. And the, and the weight loss, we didn't, the weight gain, excuse me, we didn't really know why. So he reached a point, this one doctor, where he wasn't, um, he lost his patience for his patient. <laughs> and I walked in one day, said to the receptionist, I need to see Dr. We'll call him Dr. Tom. Uh, I need to see Dr. Tom because I'm having another sinus infection. And normally she would walk me back to the office. But on this particular day, he walked out with this very terse look on his face, grabbed me tightly around the shoulder, walked me out of the office as if he were disciplining a child, but he didn't want to do it in front of the other people. And he had this very um, tight smile on his face and he was hissing. He said, young lady, when are you going to realize this is all in your head? There is nothing wrong with you. This is just psychological. So why don't you go home, little lady, and work on your, what what did he say, like work on your psychological stuff? Or I can't remember. He said something like that. And he gave me a little shove out onto the sidewalk And, oh, yeah, he told me it was all in my head. And he gave me a shove out onto the sidewalk. And I got to my car, closed the door, locked it, and waited until I was in there and just burst into tears. And I was just so bereft. I looked in the rearview mirror at at this face that was swollen, these eyes that were not just crying from sadness, but... Were, I had bags under my eyes from not sleeping and not resting. And you could see the stress in my eyes and the sickness in my eyes and the cloudiness and, and the despair. And I, I was tempted to just feel like this is it. I, I can't do this anymore. I can't be here anymore. And I heard, I, I call God all different names, the divine source spirit. I, and one of the ways I describe the divine is words with no voice. I heard these words with no voice say to me, this is not a no. This is a yes waiting somewhere else, Stacey. This is for you, not against you. This is just an orange cone. And I had never heard that concept before about an orange cone. It was truly new information to me that day. And the meaning of all of that unfolded over time. That whole idea of, this doctor wasn't a bad doctor. He wasn't a bad man or a bad person. He just was simply not my guy for right now. And his behavior became seen by me as an orange cone. And orange cones don't tell you where to go. They just they don't tell you what to do. They just tell you, go around me. I'm not where the answer is at. I'm not where the information is. I'm not where the healing is. Like, 
he wasn't this horrible person who I had to feel like I was a victim to. I suddenly saw him in such an empowering way where I could still love him, forgive him, and move forward. Um, not in resistance to him, but truly just going, wow, what a gift. It's a gift to know that he is not my guy who's going to help me. And as I traveled away from that office and, and that victim mindset, and I saw him as an orange cone, I was able to move forward in the next thing that brought more healing. And as I've encountered people who seemed to be difficult and seemed to be challenging and who didn't give me helpful answers or who were derisive, who were punitive or or just mean-spirited when i've encountered those people since that time almost 20 years ago i have been able to see them as an orange cone and just like love them bless them and go you are just letting me know that my yes is waiting somewhere else this is for me not against me you're just an orange cone and to keep going so that's what the orange cones and lessons in forgiveness chapter is really all about And an, an integral, an integral part of your journey. Oh yeah, that that is very cool. Yeah, and that that kind of that kind of you know leads in a little bit. We had um, Pat who had asked a question, and I hope that Pat can see the answer um, that Stacy just gave you to that uh, to your question. Should we read her question, Dana? Yeah, uh, go ahead, read it. Okay. It says, yeah, at what I point do I have to accept? And I, I think inevitably, Stacy, you answered this question uh, with the orange cone, but um, Pat asked, at what point do I have to accept that this is as good as it's going to get? I feel as though I do myself a disservice by continuously seeking complete healing. I know I'll never be the same, but I continue to beat myself up about it. Look for the orange cones, right, Pat? <laughs> right, Stacy? <laughs> Well, you know, I also hear I also hear something else in her question because um, I'll give it to you in this example. I had a dear, dear friend Peter who had ALS, and he passed from ALS, and he had his best friend who had ALS. Now they um, Lou Gehrig's disease for those who don't know, and um, it, it's a situation that's just a very, very hard road to your end end time here on earth. And um, so here Peter had watched his friend spend his energy looking for healing all the time, traveling around looking for healing, looking for healing, looking for healing. Now Peter chose to do something different. Peter chose to travel to Italy, make memories with his family, go um, deep sea fishing, you know, those kinds of things where he spent his last, three and a half years in a completely different way than his friend did. And I'm not saying one is more valuable than the other. I'm not. I think they're both the journey that we choose to be on. Some people choose to seek healing, seek healing, seek healing. And for them, that is living. That is living according to their conscience and their truth and their peaceful pursuit. For other people, they don't want to spend their time doing that. They want to spend their time living other ways, making memories, investing their energy in, in other ways. And that's what I really heard in Pat's question. At what point do I just say, okay, enough, this is my life. I'm not going to keep seeking healing while I feel miserable. At what point do I start living? 
that's that's really what I heard in that question. So, Pat, forgive me if I'm mishearing you in that, but I I'm going to address that as if that is what I'm what I'm hearing, and I'm hearing it correctly. Um, is I think that is you everybody's individual journey, and I think at the point where you reach the fatigue with seeking healing is probably that moment for you where you surrender and say, okay. I may not be seeking it today in an active way, but I am open to receiving it in any great way. And then you say, and I'm going to be open to receiving it while I'm playing with my grandchildren, while I'm going having a glass of wine with my husband, while I'm having fun on Facebook, and I'm going to choose to live the things that are passionate and happy for me. Because honestly, in doing that, you really are seeking health. When you find the things that make you happy and you do what makes you happy, whether it's researching more or going and taking a walk on the beach, you are seeking healing. And to just allow yourself that, um, to take the judgment away about what is responsible, (laughs) take the judgment away about what I should be doing, and really just get into your heart space again, get into your listening again and and say, what feels good to me right now? What would honor me in the process and my health in the process? And do that. And do it with no regrets. Do it by choosing it, not feeling a victim to it. And then you'll go and you'll feel blessed either way, whether you're sitting down on the Internet to research or you're sitting down on the Internet to play Scrabble. You're going to just feel good either way because you've chosen it. And that's your power to do. And once you do what is your power to do, you'll do it without regret, and it will all benefit your health and your healing. So that's my answer to you, Pat. Oh, my gosh. So thank goodness that we have um, an archive of this. Is that right, Tiffany? Because I'm going to need to go back and listen. (laughs) Right? Yes, ma'am. I mean, I was going to make a point about how great something she said was, but then she said something else great, and then she said something (laughs) else great, and then I started thinking to myself, like, what was that one great thing she said before the other one? (laughs) Forget it. You guys are adorable. Can we talk every week? This is really such a boost to me. Thanks. <laughs> people, I'm like, people should be in our, oh, yeah, Stacey, you think it's bad here. People, and people should be in our feed between me and Dana because, oh, my God, it could write a book in itself, like the humor that goes back and forth between them. <laughs> it's just a priceless, priceless friend. Priceless. Mm. And it was so great. It was so great to have that because both of us really had two of the really shittiest weeks ever. Like really. <laughs> both of us. And we mm. and we just kept like trying to like take each other bring each other out of it and we just our feed, you wouldn't really know what we were going through based on what the feed says because we were we were just we were just going and blowing. Just joking it up. So humor humor does play a big role. And for Stacy too. I mean, right now we've got this beautiful, loving, you know, um, potent Stacy who's telling us all this good stuff that we can't go back to wait to you know, we can't wait to go back and listen to. But there's a funny Stacy. I know the funny Stacy. Oh, Stacey I know. Too. I sound as serious she's as a, a heart attack a... right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. A, you know, I am a hard ass. I gotta I ask, who's got the Who's got the tweeting birds in the back? Somebody's got these beautiful birds singing in the background. Who is it? Is it Stacy or Dana? It's, it's Dana. probably me. I can't help it. Can you hear the birds, Stacy? I totally can. I've been listening to them and enjoying them. Yes. It's like having a one of those uh, calm apps or relaxation apps in the background. Totally. 
I'm listening to that and I'm going, is that a joke? Because that is just too much. Isn't it great? So tell and us about, one, I want to know. Have, wait. <laughs> I was going to say we have one birdie that sings a song in the mornings, and it's like he's really singing. And I'm thinking, oh, wow, that's cool. this is the coolest thing ever. Like, wow, like, am I a dork? Like, I think this is really cool, but is that dorky? Does this bird sing? Can I really dig it? <laughs> My husband and I just love it. So it's our birdies. We have the windows open because that's how you do it here. There's no AC. There's no nothing. It's 24-hour wind, fresh air, you know, all all year long. Same weather. There's no screens. So I can't turn them off. So, so that's it. Sorry. It's fine. Stacey, give it's us beautiful. A taste. It's, a, it's a total personal thing. Give us a taste of your beautiful Bloom app. That just sounds like the coolest thing ever. Oh, you're so sweet. Okay, so Bloom Beautiful, uh, 365 yes. Days of Inspiration for Your Soul. It's on the iPhone. And, um, yeah, it's really great. It came out of the inspiration of a book that I did called Bloom Beautiful, full of inspirational mm-hmm. quotes. And one of my dear friends and business owner, um, marketing, advertising guru, August Bryce and her husband, Hal Bryce, they own Heil Bryce um, Advertising, They she loved my book so much that – they sat down one day and said, we need to do an app. Will you write 365 quotes? And I thought, oh, my gosh, can I do 365 quotes? And I called my girlfriend Tracy up, and I said, Tracy, she's one of my writing partners and friends, and I said, Trace, what do you think? They want me to do 365 quotes, and then they're going to make this app for me based on the Bloom Beautiful book. She was like, I said, can I even write 365 quotes? She goes, Stacey, you say 365 quotable things in, like, every conversation we have. She goes, yes. She goes, the, the universe is calling, you know, just just do it. And so I sat down, and it's hilarious because it truly, I was a nightmare. One week I sat down, a week and a half I spent 80 hours writing all these inspirational quotes, and I had to be probably in one of the bitchiest, crankiest moods I could have been in when I wrote <laughs> most of these quotes. And, uh, but it, was just, it just goes to show you what's deep down inside of you. But these quotes are really beautiful, and I labeled, I, I um, put them all by themes. So the January is beautiful you, February is beautiful us, March right now is beautiful truths, um, and then you'll go on to beautiful wisdoms, and all of these things carried throughout the year. So every month has a theme, and um, every week is a journey where you travel from, um, let's say, some a question of the week to inspirational quotes with a following up of a reflection. So every week is a journey and then every day is an inspiration and, and every day is an opportunity to bloom beautiful is what the whole idea is about. So one of the quotes mm-hmm. that's one of my favorites, I'll give you one of my favorite quotes that I love is, um, fear won't tell you the truth about love, but love will always tell you the truth about fear. Seek love. That's an example of the quotes. You know, fear won't tell you the truth about love, but love will always tell you the truth about fear. So seek love. Or um, you are not, it's not that you deserve to be loved. It's that you were designed to be loved. You know, and I love that unpack- one. It just <laughs> unpacking that, you know, because I had this revelation one day why it bothered me. One of my girlfriends 
my husband used to call her depressing Debbie because Debbie would come over all the time and sit on my bed and cry. Oh, I'm not married. I'm 21. I'm not married. Next year, I'm 22 and I'm not married and I don't have children. I'm never going to be married. I'm 23 and I'm not married. Seriously, this went on for like eight years. And, you know, I was like, oh, my gosh. And she'd go, I deserve to be loved. And there was a part of me that wanted to say as a good girlfriend to her, I loved her because she was so much more than, you know, that thing. She was so wonderful in a hundred other ways. And I would, and I wanted to say, yes, you do. You do deserve to be loved. But even in the times when I did say it, it just felt icky and wrong. And I didn't know why. So whenever I don't know why about something and it bugs me, I ask divine guidance for wisdom. I just say, can I have wisdom on why this is bugging me? And I think um, you, it, you never disappoint. You'll always get wisdom in some form or fashion. And one day it hit me. The reason it bothered me when people say, I'm so deserving, I'm so worthy, I am so whatever, is because there's an opposite to that. So if you can be worthy and deserving one day, that means you could be unworthy and undeserving the next. And I didn't think that love should be that capricious, that whether you're thin or your boobs are perky or whatever, then you could be deserving of love. But if your boobs were saggy and you had you know 20 extra pounds on your hips, then you weren't going to be. I didn't like the subjectivity of that. And mm. what hit me is that the word design has no opposite. You can't be undesigned. You can't be uncreated. You simply are. And that is your, um, that is your capacity for receiving love is that you were simply designed for it. And once you know that you're designed for it and it's not about deserving or undeserving, you just live in that state of receiving love and giving love from wherever it comes. So that's what is in Bloom Beautiful, those kinds of powerful Mm. quotes. I'm designed to be loved. Mm -hmm. You are designed to be loved. Mm -hmm. I like that. I really like that. I mean, Look at us, we're all quiet. We're all just like sitting here. It's like we're sitting in a big in a big field of flowers and just we're all just like that really felt good. I'm just That's gonna exactly revel in that for I just feel. a second. Oh I love That's that. That's what I've been doing the whole time. And I've been shaking my head yes, but you guys can't see me, right? That's what I've been doing the whole time. I told you you were gonna love her. I know, isn't it great? And then there's also this funny Stacy. I swear she's in there somewhere. I promise. And, and most of the time, I get the funny Stacy, and not this like profound, lovely, bouncing, tiptoeing through the daisies thing. You know, normally I get the funny one, so this is kind of a treat. Well, you know, I am both. The funny thing is that I, it's you, what you're drawing forth right now. You know, you guys are asking really profound questions. If I if I answered in really goofy ways, it would look flippant and be weird. Like I'm just being with you in your space. You know, if you want to talk about like hair growing on your nipples, we can talk about that too. But we're talking about like serious stuff here, you know. So you choose. You choose, girlfriend. What do you want to talk about? Oh, my gosh. I want to talk about hanging out on the beach somewhere. That's what I want to talk about. Listen, See, we're not going to be funny. Our hands and laughing. On the beach. <laughs> yeah, no. I love hanging out on the beach. I live close, I, I live about a 20-minute walk from the beach, you know, 10-minute drive or whatever as the crow flies. Oh, fabulous. Just a couple Lucky miles from you. the beach. I love it. I'm so grateful. Well, you guys aren't very far from each other, are you? I don't know. Where do you live, Tiffany? I'm in Joshua Tree. You're in California? I'm, a, I'm in the desert. 
you are in the desert. You were people I go Dirt bike <laughs> to off road and rock climb and oh my gosh we see all these rock climbers come in and I just I'm not a I'm not a height person I love hiking but I'm not like a, okay tie me up to this and I'm gonna go up this this you know completely sheer cliff no that's not me that's not me <laughs> yeah but it's, you know we have so many people that come out here for rock climbing and right now Joshua Tree is just the the wildflowers right now are. Uh, Amazing. We got so much rain for us. You know, we got a lot of rain. So the, the mm-hmm. wildflowers are just, they're just crazy right now. And so much wildlife. And, uh, you know, the snakes are coming out early, which is an interesting thing. But, um, yeah, I mean, Joshua Tree has a whole different vibe of its own. It's, you know, people come from L.A. in different parts to get away from, you know, for the night sky and to get, you know, when I'm feeling really uptight and it's nighttime, I can go outside and look up and just take a deep breath and just feel so small and, you know, relish the enormity of of what's around me. It's very cool. Cool in a different way. I love the beach, too. My husband, of course, is from San Pedro, so he's a beach boy and and, um, we love the beach. So love mm. both, but we, love- we left the city. We left the city to come out here in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Good for you. Well, if you ever, you know, I'm doing these girlfriends' guide to Hashimoto's um, workshops, and if you ever want to do one out in Joshua Tree, you let me know, and I'll come out your way, and we can commune oh, that I would way. Love and we'll, that. we'll look at the night sky together. Oh, it's it's fabulous! Well, and tell us well, about your workshops. Uh, I know you oh. need to get on a plane, sister. I know, right? Dana, get your butt out here. So my my workshop, um, I started a Girlfriend's Guide to Hashimoto's group last June or July because I really wanted to share empowering quotes. And um, it's not a health or medical, it's not a medical web uh, Facebook page. It's a really like empowering your mindset and helping you see things from a different paradigm and shifting things, you know, for you so that you can see life differently. Anyway, um, so I started that group. And then what burst out of that is women going, oh, would you come here and do a workshop? Would you come here and do a workshop? And so uh, because I think people, as much as we are all loving the access of the websites and webinars and all of those online resources that, gosh, we didn't have before with Hashimoto's, now we have them and we feel so so grateful to have them. People are also still wanting some of the human touch. Mm. So I'm trying to, uh, I am doing workshops um, where I go out to a certain area or I have people come to, to me and we have to have a minimum of a certain amount of people and I try to make it affordable for everybody. And and then doing a workshop where I talk about playing and win- winning the mental game, working on your um, thought life, working on your uh, lifestyle choices and changes, building habits, um, resetting your relationships, those kinds of things that we talk about over a six-hour, five- to six-hour period in a workshop dynamic where it's interactive and informative and there's snacks and there's laughter and stories and it's a very healing time. And then my heart about all of it is that as I exit that group, these women who have gathered together then become community to each other and support to each other. Cause my, I'm not about, I'm not interested in being the guru to this whole thing. I really want people right. to know they are their own guru and they can share that wisdom and, and humor and all that love and truth with each other and build each other up. Um, so, because they, they're the ones who live near each other. So, for example, we're, we're working on doing a workshop in 
uh, Sacramento area and possibly San Francisco on on April 25th and 26th. And I'll enter their, their scene, enter their stage and be with them. And then as I leave and move on to back to my life for the next workshop, then they have each other they can build community with. So mm-hmm. that's, awesome. that's what I'm doing. Yeah. I love well, it. Um, I'm glad you, I'm glad you continued to do that. I know we were, um, you were, we had you scheduled when we were trying to do the symposium, which is a really fabulous idea. It fell apart, unfortunately, for lots of reasons, but, um, Stacy had signed on to do many of those, and then it fell apart. And and I got so many people and so much feedback saying, "We want this. We want this. We still want it." And I'm like, "I can't do it. I can't do it." So I'm glad that Stacy is is doing her things and her areas and and whatever because people want it and need it. And if if I could do it and and get there, I would. Tiffany and I were talking about doing some different things earlier today, and if I can do it, I will, but i got to get in a better place. So I'm glad that someone's out there advocating and, and spreading love, and, and, then, and then, then they have each other. That's the whole point. Then once you're gone, then, then hopefully the community can stay strong and, and support each other. So I love that. I'm so glad you're doing that, and I'm so jealous that I can't come. So oh, well, you know what? Do it, Dana. Just make it make it happen. However, you guys make it happen, because that symposium idea was so brilliant and so full of love and heart. I would love to see that find its way. You know, you had a, an orange cone in whatever way, shape, or form, and just bless it, and then recreate what you want to recreate. Because the community would still love that. And you're a you're a powerful voice and and heart in this community, and both of you are. And it would be great to have you do that. Just well, thank you, honey. And it was, it wasn't. Yep. Go ahead, Dana. Go ahead, Dana. Um, I was going to say it was an orange cone, and I wouldn't be doing the radio show if it weren't for that. And so I'm lucky. We I were talking about that I feel so happy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. We were. The see, touch it, feel it, and the and the orange cones of life, and uh, honestly, the the maneuvering of of. You know, just that for me personally, just, you know, employing the simple, taking the negative and finding the positive has been an enormous uh, shift for me, uh, you know, realizing that, that there are no mistakes and that, you know, the orange cone or, you know, whatever we want to call it, that, that, that it's, a, it's nothing but, you know, like you said, a catapult or something that's going to head you in the right direction. And, you know, for me, that was such a hammock. I mean, for me personally, I call it a hammock because it was it was very um, empowering and relaxing to believe that the universe has this and has my best interest in mind. It's just me connecting with that to maintain the positive forward, and um, you know that message is so important. Uh, I you know I think in chronic illness and and what you do with your book and humoring women and inspiring them and everything is so important. And that see, touch it, feel it. You know, Dan and I were talking about that this morning. Just like you said, there's so much support out there, but we can't, there's no hugs. There's no, we women, we need to see, touch, and feel each other. We need to, you know, the faces and the tears and the realness and the, we don't get that online. You know, I mean, there's, there's a, uh, that portion is missing and, and we do, we crave it. I know I do, you know, mm-hmm. very much so. Yeah. The girlfriend. And to add, to add to that, I want to add to that, that, there's still realness there to that. You know, even though you have an orange mm-hmm. cone and you find the happy from it and you and you take that as a lesson and you move on and you move forward, 
that doesn't mean that all three of us aren't saying that you can unpack there for a short time. You can be sad. You can mm-hmm. you can go through the emotions of whatever it is that that is hurting you or, or in your way or whatever it is. You can have the feelings, have them, let them be. You know, don't shove them aside. Let let give them life and feel those things. Negative, cry it out, do whatever you have to do. But then, Absolutely. once you do that, then you can move forward. You can move beyond your orange cone. You cried it out in the car. You did. You had a fit, and you cried, and you were sad, and and you did your thing. And you, we, you know, none of us three are saying not to. We're saying do that, and then see, and then move past, and then let your orange cone be, and then move around it. Right? Absolutely. I think that that's really key. What you just said, Dana. Thank you for highlighting that because I think sometimes people hear the stories of what I'm talking about and. You know, you have these stories in elapsed time. You know, I'm telling them within a minute (laughs) or three minutes. And you go, okay. And you would expect yourself then to be in that transformed place in a minute to three minutes. And I'm not saying we can't do that because I think we do have some really, we have a keen ability to have instantaneous transformation. I know that we do because I know we can get so stuck in the muck about something and then suddenly the phone rings and we pick it up and we're like, hello, you know, and we're all cheery and fine because we're able to shift. It shows us that we are able to shift in a short period of time. At the same time, we don't instantly feel the full impact of something. It's like when I was hit in those car accidents. Initially, I was hit and I was in shock and I was surprised. It wasn't until the next morning that I tried to lift my head off the pillow that I realized I had whiplash. It wasn't until two days later when I felt all the body aches. And for every time you feel that new ache or pain or injury, the impact of that, that's when you have to walk through your pain and your process and your forgiveness. And that unfolds over time sometimes. Healing can be a process. And my thing is this. Don't, I, two, two things that I will tell my coaching clients often. Are you adding suffering to your pain? Because suffering really is our choice. Once your expression of dealing with the pain doesn't serve you any longer, but you continue on in it, that's when you've added suffering to it. Do you understand? Like when you, when you sit and you wallow in it, it and it no longer serves you, the self-expression isn't healing anymore and it's now damaging to you, that's when you've stayed longer than you need to stay in that grief state. And you need to then come out of that into an action state or a forgiveness state or whatever it is. And um, so the question is, is, is that, is that, are you causing your own suffering and are you staying in a place um, only for as long as it serves you? Are you staying in those emotions only as long as they serve you? And, and to do those two things, you know, honor yourself, feel, feel your feelings. But don't add suffering to your pain by becoming a victim and don't stay longer in your grief than you feel peaceful about, you know, so. And for anyone who didn't take notes, this will be in the archive. <laughs> Again, like well, I said, was those that three things that are pretty sense? powerful. Yeah, I it does. I'm in my flower field again. I'm just hanging out in the uh, flower me field too. here. <laughs> I really am. It's me terrible. <laughs> Man, Stacy, you rock. And we have all you this, rock. like, this is getting real stuff that we had planned because Stacey's, you know, she's just like us and she has her life and her issues and her things going on. And so we plan on getting real and down and dirty and what's going on and how are you handling life because you got things going on. Instead, we're like dancing in the, in the 
in the rain and tiptoeing through the tulips and <laughs> oh well. I like I like life in the flower fields. I do. Me too. I just have enjoyed so much. <laughs> and I'm get I'm getting me the Bloom Beautiful app. I am. I'm sorry. I'm coming on your I'm coming on oh. board, girlfriend. I Don't am. apologize. Yep. You'll love it. You got I two will of us. love it. I, I know I will. That's very cool. And I Thank I had meant to do it a long time ago, but you know, it gets on the list and then the list grows longer. So this is one of those this is one of those challenges, okay, Tiff? Who's going to get it first? Oh, We're dear Lord. Well, maybe I'll okay, get... so we'll know, we'll know because we'll message uh, what the theme for July is. So there, that's it, your challenge. <laughs> no, so no, no. You, oh, so this is the thing about the Bloom Beautiful app. You're not allowed to go ahead and you're not allowed to go back. I designed it in such oh. a way you can't flip ahead. And you can't go back. You have to stay in the present moment and the present day. So there. Ooh, I like that. Okay. Yeah. All this type A personality too. stuff of I want to get ahead. I want. I don't want to miss anything. All that is making us crazy. So just enjoy the day oh you're in, God, and then once it's gone, so you move. You move past it. Oh, that makes it and even you- more beautiful. <laughs> you know what, Dana? I'm getting that for you. I am. Aww. I do, because I love you. Oh, now you I'm gonna are, cry. You are a beautiful bloom. Well, what's new? We've been. <laughs> it's Aww. a. I think that is just so cool to give that to somebody else, and and I want you. To, I want you to be with Stacy every day, and me too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing Thank it. You. It's done. It's done. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, guys, well, we are winding down our time, so we want to thank Stacy for hanging out with us in our flower field because it has been a total blast. It has been a total, total blast. I just am so glad to have you. I'm so glad to call you a friend. Stacy just just kind of embraced me and, and took me under her wing from the very beginning, and um and I'm just grateful for that. So thank you, Stacy, and thank you for, for sharing your Sunday with us. I really, really appreciate yes. it. Both of us do. Thank Very you for having forget, me, you guys, and for all you do. Don't forget about really. her. Oh, and uh, about her Bloom Beautiful app. Don't forget, and her uh, "You're Not Crazy and You're Not Alone" book. I have that link on Thyroid Nation Radio. Um, it's a fantastic read. You laugh, and, and then you cry, and then you laugh, and then you cry. It's just, it's really a fantastic <laughs> read. And I think I read it in like three hours or something. I just loved it so. So thank you for that, and thank you for all you do. I really appreciate it, and we'd love to have you on again sometime. So we'll put you in the queue for sometime in the fall, and um, and if you ever need anything, you know who to call. You've got your cheerleaders you. right here. Woo-hoo. And more of, more of Stacy too, on StacyRobbins.com, and Stacy is also a wellness coach and inspirational speaker, so she can be booked for all kinds of love, humor, and truth. And just thank you. thank you so much for, for being with us today. It was truly awesome. Mm, Tiffany, thank you. You guys asked great questions, and I so enjoyed our time in the flower field. <laughs> thank you for having me. <laughs> Thanks so much. Bye. 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 <laughs> she is just too cool. Uh, right? I know, Right. Just uh, I mean, I told you. I mean, ah, 
really, I just, she just, she just makes me smile and she makes me laugh and, and I just, I just feel lucky. I actually feel lucky with, with everybody that's, that I've met on my thyroid journey, really. I mean, including you, Tiffany, I mean, you connected with me. We connected, you know, a long time ago as well. And all the team, the people on my team, we connected and, and Isabella and, and pretty much all my guests. You know, and so yeah. I feel really lucky. So, so I guess I'm getting out of my funk, feeling a little bit better. How about that? The silver lining of the disease, right? This is the silver uh, lining. It is. We are the silver lining each other. That's right, definitely. I just got a kiss from my son, who's been really quiet this week. There's no, except for the one door slam. Everything else, and now he's whispering. So. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, okay, so what do we have to say at the end here? We're supposed to say some things, right? We are. Well, we'd like to thank our listeners a ton. Thank you all so much for taking time out on your Sunday to hang out with us. And if you have a thyroid thriver story, we'd love to hear it, even if you're in the midst of your journey and even your your orange cones. For Stacey, we'd love to hear about your journey and your thyroid thriver story, and you can submit that um, on the Thyroid Nation radio under the Thyroid Thrivers um, link and tell Dana all about what's going on. Um, and you may even get chosen to appear live with Thyroid Nation Radio on the radio with us and, and play around on the Sunday. And hang out in the flower field. And hang out in the flower field. I'm, I, you know, I just, I did. I felt like I was in a big... Just laying back in the flower field, looking at the sky and the clouds. It's just a very feel-good... It's a good thing. Deep breathing and man, that just feels good. Laughing and breathing and doesn't it? Life. That's life. Yep. Yep. I loved it. I did feel the same exact way. Like I was tiptoeing through the tulips. Like you know, a big field. Like you see people get their picture taken. They're out in the middle of these big yellow flowers or blue flowers. I felt like we were just sitting out there, like holding hands. <laughs> great, wasn't it? It was awesome. So, Dana, tell us, who's next week? Next week, we have Andrea, Andrea Beeman, author of Yay. Beeman, yeah, author of Health is Wealth, Make a Delicious Investment in You, and she is a thyroid patient and advocate, and she's got a new thyroid program coming up that we're going to talk about, um, a coaching type of program that we'll talk about live on the radio with her, and she is wonderful. You see, all, all of her guests are wonderful. Really, they've touched me all in a certain way and I and I really feel lucky. So she is going to be fabulous. She was on Top Chef and I mean she's just fabulous. You can find her at AndreaBeeman.com. Also the list of guests are on thyroidnation.com uh, so you can always see that. And what else do we have to say? Oh, make sure and follow us, thyroidnation.com, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and make sure you like Tiffany's page, Grateful Garden, and uh, check out her website. She has some fabulous things. Find her at the Joshua Tree Market. On Saturdays, she's out there smiling, even if she doesn't feel like she should smile. She's smiling anyway. <laughs> Sometimes she might just be standing in the middle of flowers, just, <laughs> right? I'm always <laughs> in the flowers, baby, in the clouds. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Well, how much time do we have? Is this it? 26 we seconds. This is it. We're done. That's How about it. that? We did good. This is Dana, your ThyroidNation.com Gringatica from Costa Rica. And Tiffany with GratefulGarden.biz. 
bringing the collective voice of thyroid thrivers worldwide so that together, united we heal. Thanks, guys. We Have heal. a great day. Bye, Dana. Love you. Bye. I'll call you on the phone. Okay, bye. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.